This episode is produced with support from DBT Wellcome Trust India Alliance. Have you ever walked near woodlands or rain-fed roads and heard a pleasing sometimes deafening chorus of birds frogs and insect calls have you ever thought about what these creatures are trying to communicate are they calling for a mate or are they sounding an alarm or just discussing something else altogether listening into these conversations of birds and insects to make sense of them is what behavioral ecologist manjuri jain does for a living she researches the interface of ethology ecology and evolutionary biology to be more precise she studies acoustic communication in animals decoding their language for us so to speak So on this episode of the Nature India podcast series called I am a scientist and this is where I work join me Shubhra Priyadarshini in understanding the environment's soundscape we will travel today with Manjuri Jain an associate professor in the department of biological sciences at the Indian Institute of Science Education and Research in Mohali we will walk through her many places of work in the open skies under the soil and muddy puddles and inside dense forests manjari so glad to catch up with you will you take us into your workplace or in your case all the exotic sound and places you work in yes so i have been very lucky to have worked in a variety of landscapes ranging from tropical deciduous uh, forests scrub jungles evergreen forests and now to urban parks and woodlands each landscape brings with itself a unique uh, environment a unique uh, soundscape we study how animals communicate with each other using sound what do these sounds tell us and uh, how much information can the receivers extract from these sounds So my PhD work was in the dense tropical evergreen forests of Kudremukh where we would enter the forest only after uh, sunset and stay on till about midnight we would record insects and bats and as you can imagine the forest at night is full of sounds not so much sights and uh, given that we are in the tropics this is a huge diversity of sound that you are going to be um, subjected to jungle sounds wow so like most of us with desk jobs or lab jobs of course you can't complain of monotony in your work you wake up each day to a new experience it must be so stimulating but sometimes is it intimidating for me the first time when i entered the forest it was overwhelming the amount of noise that surrounded me full of the chorus of insects and uh, it was only uh, after a few months that i learned how to pay attention to individual sounds uh, bats on the other hand as you know uh, uh, use uh, high frequency sounds so we can't hear the bats but we could often see the bats moving around now uh, my work is mostly 
uh, in urban gardens woodlands and parks where we study common backyard birds to understand how much information can we extract from the sound with regards to the biodiversity that surrounds us wow intriguing so can you help us decode the sounds of insects and birds uh, their interactions and behavior or the problems that they face in their environment Uh, the insects that i work on are nocturnal insects that is they are active at night time these are crickets and katydids largely focuses on their behavior but also on the evolution of their acoustic signals why are the calls shaped as they are for given species another important problem is what is known as the cocktail party problem so imagine you are a cricket and you are calling from uh, somewhere in the ground and you are surrounded by other crickets of your own kind and of different species the interesting thing that you must know is that only males can produce sound and the females are silent but the females exercise choice as to which male they would mate with so the males advertise using sound or serenade the females and the females then respond to it by approaching the males in complete darkness just using the sound alone but when all of this is happening in an orchestra of sound it's going to be uh, challenging for the male to pass on information without that information getting lost in sound which is what we call as acoustic masking interference where multiple sounds overlap with each other and what about my core area of interest in all of this the birds with the birds of course and for this i use social babblers as the model system there are several species of babblers uh, in india some of them live in like a joint family if you like uh, in these social groups which are family units in the jungle babbler that they do produce different kinds of sounds and it is likely that these sounds carry some meaning so we decoded the babbling of the babbler and we now know what each sound means we have characterized the acoustics of the bird's vocal repertoire for instance if a call is made up of multiple note tak 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 you have each note which could be of a unique kind we ask if these calls are kind of randomly organized or is there ordering of these notes so just the way a uh, meaningful words uh, that we use in human language they have a certain order to it right and uh, of course we are interested in their social life we want to understand how they coordinate their group activities using sound but also how uh, they what they do all day and they produce certain kinds of calls when they are foraging which are known as flight calls and they start producing these flight calls when an individual uh, starts to exhibit uh, you know um, wanting to move from that location also how they uh, take care of the young ones parental care brood parasitism in these birds that's a whole bunch of questions you're trying to answer so what kind of preparation do you have to do tell us a little bit about the gadgets you carry and the things you have in your backpack when you are at work yeah so um for the insect work since it is mostly in the night time and for the bat work you need to have a torch a uh, headlamp so that you can find your way uh, especially when you are in the forest and uh, at that time also leech socks and boots so that you can storm through vegetation without getting bitten by uh, uh, you know snakes since we work on sounds we need a lot of uh, 
battery backup so many equipment la- two laptops battery motor battery to power my speakers for the bird work on the other hand we need to carry poles for mist netting mist net bands color bands wires to uh, store um, certain kinds of samples so and table to prop this up uh, to keep everything in in place so there's a lot of uh, you have to be extremely organized well not just with tools and gears but also preparing mentally to go into these uh, ecosystems for long hours to long days and then waiting for these creatures in the dark dense forests and tell us about the mood the setup and then when you listen to these sounds what's going on in your mind yeah so uh, that's a fantastic question because i don't know how to answer this without uh, <laughs> looking like a really uh, scared little uh, i don't know kitten so when i uh, first walked into uh, kudramukh my heart sank because uh, we are uh, humans are very visual animals and uh, i just couldn't see anything you cannot even see the stars because there's this massive canopy of uh, trees right but uh, your uh, senses with respect what you can hear you are overloaded there and i could hear crickets and frogs and all kinds of eerie sounds uh, everywhere and uh, there were calls of civets and lorises which sound like someone is shrieking inside the forest which all you know uh, relate to the very conventional notion of a forest being a extremely dangerous place i would get extremely scared listening to some kinds of sounds that must have taken some getting used to really birds communicate with vocal sounds or visual cues on the other hand frogs and toads have vocal cords chirping is how crickets communicate these messages are used by birds and insects to find mates then keep track of friends and family then locate food stay safe from predators and then defend uh, territories from rival birds so manjuri it would be really interesting to hear some of the latest research findings from this extensive field work that you do which of course needs tons of patience and determination so the process of science is time consuming there are very uh, few moments of finding it is a long drawn drawn uh, process i will give you one example from my insect work and one example more recently from the bird work so uh, with the insect work when i entered the forest it was just so noisy there was a cacophony of sounds and the first question that came to my mind how do they communicate in this noise so you can think of like an fm so bands in the radio you can tune into certain bands and then uh, whatever is happening in the other channel is not kind of it doesn't uh, interfere with your work right with the crickets in combination with how their sounds are structured wherein some sounds fall in the silent intervals of other species if you look at one thing at a time it doesn't make sense it still sounds like a cacophony but if you put all of these axes together a holistic view there is zero cacophony so there is silence in this cacophony and that was something absolutely fantastic incredible for me of course the animals are communicating which means that clearly they are being able to overcome the masking problem we just didn't know how it was a great moment for me to figure out how they were actually avoiding uh, masking we worked on the sounds vocalizations of um, purple sunbird another very common backyard bird the bird song is made up of phrases and the phrases are made up of notes which is something true for many uh, songbirds 
but what we found was there was ordering of these notes there seems like certain kind of uh, some kind of underlying rule which determines which note will be present in which position within a phrase or in other words there are certain kinds of linguistic laws which were thought to be followed only in primate species but we have now found evidence for that in jungle babblers as well ooh purple sunbirds and jungle babblers linguistics that does sound fascinating now coming back to the rainforest what kind of hurdles or unusual challenges do you come across while working there Yes so the work uh, i did in the rainforest was done in kudremukh national park there has been uh, a lot of conflict between the forest department and locals a uh, lot of unrest we would be um, locked out of the forest because the checkposts have just shut down there has been some conflict uh, people uh, were displaced with respect to risk from wild animals it is not the carnivores usually that one needs to worry about i think it's uh, you know large herbivores so elephants were a problem and there have been times when we had to just abandon our work and you know pack up everything and run because there has been an elephant around so the next day when i arrived in the morning to check we find that the one elephant had come and had stomped around the entire quadrant crushing our plastic stools it was really unhappy that we were there and it had uh, you know defecated all over our quadrant so that really kind of you know freaked me out a bit although i must emphasize that the risk from wild animals in my opinion was far less than the risk of uh, getting involved in some kind of conflict between the administration and the locals i would say that difficulty was far more serious to me than the presence of wild animals which is what most people associate working in forest um, uh, to be risky for of course one can understand why you would consider that risky in your research spanning almost two decades trying to understand birds and insects better do you see any change in yourself as a person so uh, initially it was extremely frustrating every time i would hear the babbler it would, i would just go crazy i would see that there is distinctive behavior so obviously when you walk through the garden you know ah this is the flight call so they are going to move from here ah this one is left behind it's calling for its group members so there is sense of uh, you know joy and happiness which cannot be described uh, yeah well back to nature is an in thing these days and this research discipline takes you closer to nature in every possible way do you think that might appeal to youngsters who'd like to choose an unusual science stream what would you tell young researchers the first thing i will tell is i have talked about some of the limitations dangers of working in this kind of field but the, these are what i would say occupational hazards and these are there even for the most um, seemingly uh, safe work environments so come to this field only if you are mentally ready for this the other thing that nobody talks about is the isolation that you will feel in these forests and landscapes where we have most of our field stations it can really affect you uh, affect your mental health so be aware of this it's a marathon and not a sprint absolutely most people would think of their workplace as a place with uh, set working hours clean toilets and coffee vending machines that's a far cry for manjari for whom an entire biodiverse ecosystem is her workplace and about this workplace she continues to create awareness through public outreach 
and nature education. If you liked what you heard on this episode of the Nature India podcast, share it with friends and colleagues and check out our archives for more in both English and Hindi. We'll meet again soon with another fascinating episode of I am a scientist and this is where I work. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host Shubhra Priyadarshini and this is the Nature India podcast. This episode was produced with support from DBT Wellcome Trust India Alliance.